0: who He really is. Father, I pray that we can be humble and realize just how humble Jesus was to just assume a lowly state to really help us. Father, He knows all our struggles and that is what endears us to Him as well, that despite our struggles that Jesus was willing to draw near to us. And Father, I pray this morning that whatever mood we're in, whatever kind of weekend we've had, that we can still our minds and hearts, that we can silence the outside noise that is vying for our attention, and that we can focus and fix our eyes, our minds, our hearts on Jesus as the true author, pioneer, perfecter of our faith. And Father, help us to rejoice in him in his character, in his heart, in his approach to people. Uh, Father, we we know that he is the one whom we should look at and imitate. And Father, thank you for sending him and it's uh, in his name that we are here and that we pray. Amen. Amen. So I am grateful to be here this morning. Just it has been a great weekend and Chase alluded to it. We've had a uh, just a really great weekend of teaching and if you're visiting with us we're just really encouraged that you're here we love when our friends uh, come to visit our neighbors co-workers uh, it's really cool and our 9 a.m service is kind of chill kind of mellow you know our college students are still in bed right now you know what I mean and they, they get here around 1058 you know for 11 o'clock and it's a little different vibe but I, I like the nine o'clock and uh, but we have had a great weekend and uh, we've we've chosen to to talk about, uh, a very prominent issue in our culture today uh, over this past weekend. And, and uh, we'll introduce our speakers and all that. but I just we, we felt that it was important to, to continue this discussion. Uh, really, as we've learned how to, how to talk to, those in the LBGTQ community, right? Sometimes we don't know what to say or how to to really approach people in love and in compassion like Jesus. I don't know about you, but if you've come, I've learned a ton, you know? And uh, it's been really uplifting. And today's message isn't all about that, but I I do want to look at some scriptures today uh, that hopefully will encourage us and inspire us uh, to be more like Jesus uh, because really, hopefully, that's why we're here. Amen? That's why I'm here. I want to be more like Jesus. And uh, I was so fired up this morning, I didn't even get mic'd up. You know what I'm saying? I have to use this mic. So I got to be like, I got to be in the box right now. I can't be running around. But uh, so open up your Bible uh, to uh, Luke, Gospels, the Gospel of Luke. because Tom told us last week, we should read Luke. And uh, I actually did. So open up to, to Luke and uh, I'll go grab my clicker and we'll get this thing going. Say amen. Brought my glasses this time. Amen. In case I need them. And so this year, our our theme has been Draw Near to God. And that's what we've been uh, hoping to accomplish. I mean, we've spent time fasting this year, uh, special times in prayer, Bible studies that really focused in on just spiritual formation, really like really trying to form Christ in us so that we can be uh, what God wants in this world, is that people that are really sold out for him and li- living their lives for him. And we've just tried to kind of tailor our approach and our messages in some way to, to help us to draw near to God. And hopefully that's something that has helped you this year. And, and today the, the title comes from something that Jesus actually mentioned about himself. He's actually talking about what other people were saying about him. Uh, but one of the things that he was known as was kind of a, a friend of, of sinners. And that that was one of the names, and and you know I think the reality is you know what is sin? Because this is a word we don't like to hear. We just this culture today, we I'm not sure if there's ever a culture that really likes it, right? Really, honestly. So it's not just a unique thing for us. But sin, what does it mean? It just simply means to miss the mark. I mean, that's just the literally what it means. It's a term that was used to, to something that missed the mark, right? Failing to meet an objective or to not maintain a standard, not fulfill an obligation. And then spiritually, it's just really when you lack, there's just a lack of conformity to God's will. That's what sin is, okay? And here's the deal, guys all of us are sinners. So we just gotta own it. We gotta own it. Stop being arrogant and stop being prideful. We have to own this understanding that all of us, every single person, ever lived on this earth has fallen short of the grace of God all of us stop picking and choosing who's the worst sinner stop me I'm a sinner I'm just just because I'm the minister of the church doesn't mean anything <laughs> I'm a sinner I, I, I fail to meet the standard ask my wife she sees a little more than you do you know what I'm saying my kids too right we all see it so let's just even the playing field if you're visiting you're a sinner sorry I am too Love you. Nice to meet you. You know what I mean? That's what you've come to. You've come to a group of people that have missed the mark that God set, right? And so let's just own it. Let's not point fingers. Well, oh, he's really a sinner. Let's not. Let's not do that, okay? And, and let's look at the pattern in the Scripture, all right? So Jesus says, you know, John the Baptist, uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, John the Baptist was a really radical guy, preaching out in the desert, real strong preacher in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus like, man, John the Baptist came, but he, and he wasn't eating or drinking. I mean, he was fasting, never touched wine or anything. And you know what, you say, that guy's got a demon, right? But then Jesus says, but me, he refers to himself as the son of man. You know, I come eating and drinking. Hey, I didn't turn down any dinner invitations, right? You want to hand me a nice little cabernet? I actually might have a little bit of it. And, you know, you say, man, this guy, Jesus, he's a glutton. He's a drunkard. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. All right, so that, that, that was what people talked about, about Jesus. He's a friend. That's in, that's in uh, Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel. And and then we we remember in Mark's gospel, it says, While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, right? Right? but the sick. I have not come to call, I guess I should click on that so you can see it. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, okay? Jesus is comfortable with that concept and terminology, and so do we have to be. We've got to be comfortable with that. But this was a knock on Jesus, hung out with sinners. Doesn't he realize that that is beneath a true religious person? to spend time intimately with people who are sinning uh, that's how the the world reacted to jesus and i i went back there was a book i read wow i mean i'm talking i i probably was a month old or less and i remember in the in the faith you know i just newly baptized i don't know what i'm doing i was at barnes and noble in southern california and i was trying to find a i was in the religious section i had never been there before i'm like Okay, I'm gonna try to find me a book about Jesus, you know, and I was just looking, and and I saw a book. It was called the, "A Portrait of Jesus." I'm like, that seems pretty simple, you know, and um, and there was this part of it that it was like early in the book, like early, early in the book, but but this is what I appreciated about the book, and and I this is the spirit from what we want to talk about today. But people crave an encounter with the Good Shepherd, whose interest in them transcended their imperfect observance. Of religious laws and reached out to them in their weakness and sinfulness. I am the good shepherd. I go out in search of the lost, the bruised, the troubled, and the hurting sheep. When I find them, I pick them up, place them on my shoulders, and carry them home because I love the sheep." People need to meet this gentle God today, but so often, search in vain for a human reflection of him. Religious leaders, like the leaders in Jesus' day, are often more concerned about the business of religion and enforcing laws and theological correctness than being themselves witnesses to the gentle shepherd who always taught the highest of ideals but showed remarkable compassion when people fell short of those ideals. How, how do we do with that? Showing remarkable compassion when people fall short, when people sin, <laughs> when I sin, when you sin. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at a passage that is so familiar to some of us. And I hope it is because there's only four Gospels and they're not writing any new stories. So we got to figure out how to look at the scriptures and always be able to get something out of them. But over the course of this weekend, when we've been talking specifically this weekend about the LGBTQ community, how to interact with that community, people. They're not just a community. It's not an issue. People, right? How do we interact with people that are same-sex attracted or just transgender, just going, that's their life. That's how they live. How do we interact with them? And so as I was listening to the messages this weekend, I just began, I kept being drawn back to the same passage in Luke. And Luke 19 just kept coming back to it. And so we'll look at this very familiar passage in Luke chapter 19. Let's pick up in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. This time around, for whatever reason, I was really struck by one particular part of the passage where it says, you know what? He wanted to see who Jesus was. That was something he wanted to do. And when you think about Zacchaeus, we already know, for if you're really familiar with the scriptures, that as a chief tax collector, he was kind of like a district manager kind of guy. He was overseeing other tax collectors. This is actually the only time it appears a chief tax collector. So he was wealthy, really skimming off the top of a lot of other people. So he, he'd become wealthy on the, off the money of his own people. He sold his people out, the Jews, Taking money from the Jews, giving it to the Romans, taking it from him for himself. This guy was hated by so many people, and uh, but what? But what does the scripture say? He but he wanted to see Jesus. That's what he wanted to do. But he was a short man, and this was another thing I thought about. Could he do anything about his height? Right, he couldn't do anything. Right, he did, that's just how he was born. Dude was short. What are you going to do, right? And I was reminded over and over this weekend, and a guy I was just sharing, guy Hammond who you'll get introduced to later if you haven't been here this weekend, but he's, uh, he's lived a gay lifestyle and uh, has become a Christian, you know, over the years and has uh, really stopped acting out on the homosexual lifestyle, right? But he says it all the time. He said, I, I was same-sex attracted as long as I can remember, Right? It's like he, he, just, he didn't choose it. <laughs> that was just his situation. That, 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 was, that was his life. It, it felt natural to him. It's almost like to me, I, I look at Zacchaeus, the guy couldn't help being short. That was just who he was. He couldn't do anything about it, right? And so that's his plight. And so what is he trying to do? But you know what? He wants to see who this Jesus guy is. And so what does he do? He does something that in that culture was not right. He actually starts running. Men, men didn't run in this culture. It was, it was kind of a shameful thing. It was beneath a, a man of stat, status, right? And you definitely don't climb up trees. Uh, if you're a wealthy kind of businessman, I mean, even in our culture, you see a wealthy businessman run down the street, climb up a tree, you're like, what is up with that dude? But in this culture, honor, shame culture, I mean, it's even more pronounced. Like, wow, this, he's, he's really making a fool of himself. But why was he doing all that, guys? Why was he doing it? Because he wanted to see who Jesus was. He's a sinner. He's missed the mark. He's a greedy dude. People don't like him. He's living in the margins of society. Do you really think the Romans, he is hanging out with the Romans, like on a a friendship level? Do you really think the Romans are like, man, I love Zacchaeus. Let's invite him over to our party. Do you really think that was his lifestyle? No. Do you think a lot of the Jews invited him over to hang out? No. So who were his friends? Like, where where did he get that connection from other people? We don't know. Probably just other tax collectors, maybe other people who are living in the margins of society, right? But he wanted to see Jesus, and so he was willing to do whatever it took. He's climbing trees and running ahead. And so what happens? Well, the Bible says when Jesus... Reached the spot, he looked up, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Hold up. Wait a minute. What's going on here? You know, Jesus, it's cool. Is Jesus sees him. What does he see? I don't know. What does he see in Zacchaeus? I don't know. Does he, you know, Jesus saw the rich young ruler, looked at him, and loved him. I mean, what, what was that like, the Bible tells us? When he looked and saw Zacchaeus, did he see kind of the heart of Zacchaeus, what he was willing to do to get a, get a glimpse of Jesus. Did that affect Jesus? Did it move him? What we do know is Jesus said, hey, you know, you, you can get out of that tree right now. I mean, immediately, I like that. Immediately. Hey, get down immediately, Zacchaeus. Now to us, we go, man, Jesus, that's kind of hardcore. You just invited yourself over to this man's house. That's kind of rude, you know? But I think we're, mi- we, we're kind of missing the point. And I think the beauty of this moment is that Jesus is extending this concept of hospitality. I want and relationship. I actually want a relationship with you. I'm not here just to convert you. I, I want to. You know what? You know our. You know what our starting point is going to be, Zacchaeus. You know what our starting point is? It's 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 relationship. It's hospitality. It's going. We're going to share a meal. And I appreciate that. If you were here over the weekend, you, you know, you want to hear all these, you could see us with our pencils out, you know, and hey, how, do we, how, do, how can we really be effective at, at reaching people in the, in the LGBTQ community? I mean, what can we do? How, we, we want to, but we don't know. What do we do? And we're all waiting for the deep theological answer, right? And we're all at the edge of our seats. And you know what they kept saying? Invite them over to your house. <laughs> Have a meal. Go grab a coffee. Extend friendship. Be nice. <laughs> Start there. You know, and, isn't that a problem for some of us? Can we just, let's just be really real with that. That's a problem for some of us, right? Because we, if we want to just look in our, in our hearts, we, we deem some sins, some missing of the mark as really bad, and we almost feel like we got to like lay, lay down the rule early on, right? So, you know, Jesus could have said, Zacchaeus, I need you to understand my convictions about greed. I I can't hang out with you until you know how I feel about greed and tax collecting. This is the chosen land that my father gave my people. And you are helping intruders. And I'm not down with that. And I don't want anyone to think that me hanging out with you is me just accepting what you're doing and approving of it. So I need you to know that right now. Okay, so can I come over to your house and can we, you know, hang out and have a... Fr- <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it went down, right? He extended, the, he extended the let's have time together. He didn't share with him his feelings about greed and tax collecting. And I think that's one of the challenges that we have, and I appreciate it. I, I had a conversation with uh, John Boyles a few months ago, and, and he actually told me that uh, he, he was a former member here. He's a professor at Abilene Christian. And, and he said that they uh, actually meet uh, some, some various ministers there, get together, and they just talk about topics and situations. And one of the topics they actually were talking about was they had a real-life situation where there was a gay couple, you know, two men that have been married. You know, it's, it's legal in a lot of places, right? So they got married, and they had kids, right? And so the kids, they took them to church, and the kids loved it. They love the church. Right. And so the, the guys are so excited that they found a church. Right. And they were enjoying it, too. They, the, 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 the gay couple, they're enjoying it. Right. And so then they're figuring out, OK, well, how, how do we figure out how to become members here? Right. And uh, in this particular church, they were not, you know, really affirming of gay marriages. And so John was like, man, we had to talk about that. And I'm like, oh, what did you do? How did you how did you resolve that? And John was like, well, I don't know. We, we don't even know. They're still trying to figure that thing out. And I was like, man, this is, this is sticky. And then Guy talked about it too. What if, what if a gay couple came in right now holding hands, sat down right next to you? But seriously, search your heart. Search your, what would you feel? Right? The service ends. <laughs> how would you approach? Hey, how you doing? I'd like you to know my stance on <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> Or maybe you, you would just have that silent, like, kind of, you, you know, ooh, ooh, I don't, and just avoid. Some of us might do that. We, we don't, I don't know. Seems a little, wow, you have the audacity to come in here? Some might be like that. I don't know. But I'm looking at this scripture, <laughs> and I'm seeing Jesus. And this guy was a known sinful man, missed the mark. And I'm looking at Jesus, and he's extending relationship right off the top. And I'm like, man, we got to lead with love with people, man. I just think I I really believe that's something we got to learn how to do and be on it. Lead with love. Figure the rest out later. Lead with love. Compassion. That doesn't mean that you have to agree with every single choice that they make in their entire lives. But man, can't you have a meal with somebody? Can't we see that this is a great example of Jesus and I think we got to learn how to live in that tension sometimes of just like not having all the answers or, But but being willing to, to hear someone out. Hey, tell me your story How'd you guys meet? What's going on in your life? I mean There's so much more to people than just their choices of who they want to be with romantically There's a lot going on in people. We got to learn how to dig in there. There's more to Zacchaeus than wanting to make money There's a lot more to Zacchaeus than just being greedy and being a tax collector, he's a person. And I think Jesus was willing to understand, who is this person? And what did, what effect did that have on Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, man, he came down out of that tree, man, at once, and welcomed Jesus gladly. He's like, wow, what a refreshing. Just think how Zacchaeus felt. All those years pushed to the side. And here's a guy, a religious guy, willing to be befriend him. Wow. And, but look at the effect. He's glad. He's what an, what an impact, right? And so, again, some of us struggle with that. Ooh, Jesus, you're, you're just, you're, he's going to think, he's going to think that you're fine with his lifestyle. Because you're just, you, you haven't called him out on it yet. And I think we got to look at our own hearts, right? Let's keep reading. All the people saw this and began to mutter. I like that word, mutter. Mutter. <laughs> what does mutter look like, right? So the people began to mutter, right? He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. So stop, press pause. What if Jesus had talked to some of these mutterers and said, hey, can I come to your house and have dinner? What would their response have been? Would it, Oh, I deserve to have Jesus come over to my house because I'm a really good person. Is that is that what they would have thought? Well, he, he chose correctly. I mean, of all the people, you know, I'm the best choice. <laughs> you know, uh, I attend the North River Church. <laughs> you know, I give regularly. I've served in Kingdom Kids multiple times per year. Uh, I'm obviously a great candidate to have dinner with Jesus. <laughs> right? I think that's how we are. We, we laugh, but I think that's kind of how we are. Right? We, we deem some people just aren't worthy. They're in that category of real bad sinner, but me, I'm not. That's just how we, I think, are. And we don't like to admit it, but I think that's how we are. But again, like I said at the beginning, we all miss the mark, and we got to just own that sinner tag. Once you start saying sinners are the they, the, the, it's those other people, you've already messed up right there. We, we're, all, we're all the sinners, None of us deserve, quote-unquote, to have Jesus want to spend time with us in relationship. But that's how people are. That's how we can be. And I just really feel like I'm, I'm trying to learn. I don't want to be that way, right? I want to be the type of person that is willing to engage uh, relationally with people without slapping labels on them and using that as excuses for me not to show the love of Jesus, Or just saying that just by showing some love and compassion, it means that I just agree with everything. I think that's false, and I think we got to stop hiding behind that. And we got to show a radical willingness to reach out to people in whatever lifestyle stage they are in. And Zacchaeus stood up. He said, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Good night. What do you see in that? I see some serious repentance, a change in the direction of this man's life. And you go, wow, that's that's intense. And here's the deal. I don't think this is going to happen for every single person. I don't think it usually happens that quickly where people, you know, see who Jesus is and then like within a, nanosecond they're like i'm i'm in dude i'll do whatever i've messed up i'm gonna tell you all my sin right now i'm gonna make restitution with everybody it often doesn't happen that way right but it happened here it happened for my man zacchaeus and what but what but what was it it jesus didn't they didn't even get to the dinner yet they <laughs> didn't even get there yet so why is luke recording that why is this here what can we glean What can we glean from this moment, from a man who had devoted his life to cheating his own people and did good, was really good at it? How? In the span of an interaction with Jesus. How? Is this just Hallmark? Is this unrealistic? No, Luke's embellishing. I I don't think I I I believe this is the effect of a genuine encounter with Jesus when you acknowledge who you really are. (laughs) And when you see that Jesus sees you for who you really are and he still wants to be with you, he's still willing to be with you, he's still willing to reach out and have relationship with you, it should have an impact on you. But I think some of us are just so prideful or just, just dead spiritually in a lot of ways or just like blasé that we've forgotten just how amazing it is. That the lowly Jesus who won't even be with us. Man, maybe sitting down in too many worship services has you dull. And not reaching out to people and not imitating what you see. When was the last time you reached out to somebody that made you a little uncomfortable? You didn't know what to do. Man, we need to wake up. Because this is the impact that it can have. People are longing to see a human reflection of Jesus. But they often get the, uh, or just the apathy, like, whatever, I'm just going to go to church and hear another message and go home. I hope that's not you, but I'm, I'm scared that it could be. Man, this is a guy I'm willing to pay back. Man, he even went above and beyond what the, the law even called for. I mean, that's a powerful reality. And so Jesus res- responds by dropping his butt. He said, man, that was amazing, Zacchaeus. Fired up. There you go. That's what happens when you've been at the building all weekend and you lost your mind. There you go. (laughs) Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. What's the irony of the story? The irony is, how did the story start? Who's seeking? Zacchaeus. He wants to see Jesus. He's running. He's climbing up trees. Clearly Zacchaeus is the one doing the seeking. Eh, Not so fast. Not so fast. Jesus, I've been seeking as well. Jesus is seeking. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He's willing to have people speak badly about him. He's willing to have a bad reputation. If that means to sit down with somebody known as this big time sinner, he's still willing to sit down with them, understand their life story. Why? He's seeking. That's the heart of Jesus. And I flat out believe that many of us have literally stopped seeking. I think we get the saving, oh, cool. You want to do a Bible study? Let's do it. Okay, and we'll, we'll sit down and do the Bible study. Somebody calls you up. Hey, let's do a Bible. Okay, but what about the, the seeking? <laughs> what about the, hey, hey, whoa, what are you doing up in a tree, bro? How did you get yourself up in the tree? <laughs> hey, come down. Hey, me and you, let's go. You're at the gym. Who are you seeking when you go to the gym? Right? That relationship with somebody. Just go for it. I think, I think this, is, this, is, this should inspire us. But the problem, I know many of us, oh, I know this story. I, I've heard this, this a lot of times. I'm going to tell you what, I want to I wanna be living this stuff because I believe there are many people, many people in all types of life stages making all kinds of decisions that literally are in their own trees wanting to see Jesus, wanting to get a glimpse of him. But the crowd, they can't, they can't get through. They can't get, the crowd's in the way. What's the crowd doing? You know what the crowd is doing? Looking at the preacher. Meanwhile, people are trying to get to Jesus. They're just looking at the preacher. We need to be a people that's looking in the trees too. We need to be looking everywhere we can. Why? Because that's who Jesus was. That's the kind of man he was. That's the kind of man I want to be. I want to get back to this, man, just to be out there seeking. Because I I, I believe that these moments can happen where people's lives can change. I know it happened for me. Just one one good conversation at a coffee shop when I'm throwing my cup away changed the course of my life. So what? You know what? We're all sinners. Thank God Jesus sought after us. Please don't write people off just because they might have a lifestyle that you don't agree with. You know, you, you know, yeah. We we have to hold up the standard of the Bible. Just you know, we don't have to we don't have to shy away from what God has said, or at least what we believe the Scriptures teach. I mean, we don't have to shy away from it. But we don't write people off either. Let's give everybody a chance. Open your mouth. Hospitality, man. Let's come. That communicates love more than you realize. Look what it did for Zacchaeus. You know what? Don't take heart. Don't lose heart if it takes a little longer. Some people might not respond like Zacchaeus did. If you remember, God talked about two years it took for him just to kind of get there, right? So let's, let's be in it for the long haul. But in a genuine in a genuine encounter with Jesus, wow, that's what all of us need. That's what we need, every single one of us. And I, I want to close out before I pray for the communion. <laughs> this is one of my, uh, one of the books I read a long time ago. And uh, it's called The Ragamuffin Gospel. Anybody ever read that? Wow, this is a classic, I thought, but whatever. So this is from the ragamore. It might be too hard to see, but this is in the beginning. <laughs> this is, he said, this book is for the bedraggled, the beat up, and the burnt out. It is for the sorely burdened who are still shifting the heavy suitcase from one hand to the other. It is for the wobbly and weak-kneed who know they don't have it all together and are too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace. It is for the inconsistent, unsteady disciples whose cheese is falling off their cracker. It is for poor, weak, sinful men and women with hereditary faults and limited talents. It is for earthen vessels who shuffle along on feet of clay. It's for the bent and the bruised who feel that their lives are a grave disappointment to God. It's for smart people who know they're stupid, and honest disciples who admit they are scalawags. It's for myself and anyone who has grown weary and discouraged along the way. And I hope that this message of the gospel is what we can bring to people who are in that state. And if we're honest, all of us are in that state at some point or another. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the message that Jesus came to bring. I just hope that all of us can remember just how messed up we've all been in our lives. and just, I just pray that at this moment we can just be grateful. That even when we were at the height of being messed up, climbing in trees, just trying to see you, that you were willing to look at us in our eyes and save us and give us the truth. Father, we are so grateful for Jesus, and I just, I just pray that we can reflect his heart in this world for whomever we may come into contact with. We may not understand everybody's life choices, but, man, we sure can love them. I pray we can learn how to lead with love and, and compassion instead of suspicion or apathy or just outright indignation against people and protest people before we show them your love help us grow in that god we need help in that and i pray even as we remember jesus if we're trying to remember him right now i pray we can remember that about him that for the wobbly and the bent knee and the hurt and the bruised that he was there for them wanted a relationship with him and ultimately they learned the truth so i pray that when we take this bread and drink this juice that we remember jesus his life his teachings his death his resurrection And that we'll be inspired to be a reflection of him in this world. We pray in his name. Amen.